Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. All right, Oceans, how we doing? Good to see you. Hey, go ahead and have your seats. Come on, good to be back in Orange County. And uh, I've been hanging out with all of your uh, former friends that moved to Texas. That's why I pastor now. And uh, so I've met a lot of your family, a lot of your neighbors. And uh, they drove up our house prices. And um, I wish you would have sent like some of the good ones. But I think all the good ones stayed at Oceans. And then you sent all the... I'm just joking. We love our, we love our Californians. And uh, man, it's so good to be back here. This is, this is, my, this is my favorite church uh, to be at, and uh, the, just the best people in the world, and uh, I'm so glad to be back, and uh, Mark and I always joke, because our church name is, is Church 1132, and uh, so we call ourselves Oceans 1132, and uh, it's so cool to see what God's done. Mark, uh, your, your pastor, Pastor Mark and Rochelle, uh, and I have known each other over a decade now, and uh, we've been doing life and ministry together, and uh, I, can, I can just genuinely say they're some of the most pure-hearted, most integrous, prayerful, anointed people I've ever met. You cannot be around Pastor Mark very long before getting your vision stretched. Like he's just always, he's always moving in faith. And uh, just when I think I've taken a big step of faith, he's got something new that he's doing. I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta pray more. And um, I love Pastor Mark and Rochelle so much, close, close friends. And I, I just want to say this, uh, as I sit on the board of overseers and, and I've watched this journey as, as a church, you're, you're sitting in the middle of a move of God. And uh, this isn't happening everywhere. And uh, I think you know that's probably one of the reasons that you're here. But this is so unique. The community, the people, the miracles. You just bought a building. And uh, I mean, this is in such a short amount of time. And uh, I'm just so, uh, I admire Pastor Mark and Rochelle so much for the faith in which they lead. And uh, I just wanted to challenge you uh, with this. Will you pray for them more than you've ever prayed for them before? They, they are taking ground that few people have taken in a shorter amount of time than most people. I'm just going to, I pastor a church, and uh, I, it can be, there can be a lot of pressure at times. And uh, there can be a lot of weight as you lead the organization. And uh, so I want to just challenge you, just pray for your pastors. And um, they, they, they would appreciate it. I'm sure you already do. Uh, but let's all lean in together and uh, pray in this next season. Because I believe this. I believe a great move of God is coming to California. And uh, I believe Mark. Mark and Rochelle Francie were sent by God to start this church. You were sent by God to be in this community for such a time as this because God's not done with California. Come on, we believe that, that there's a move of the Spirit of God, not just Ocean's Church, but for the Capital C Church that's sweeping this state. And uh, how crazy would it be in an area that a lot of people have written off as, as the most lost or people getting out of, how perfect would it be for God to start a move of His Spirit right there? I believe it's already happening. I believe you're a part of it. I believe we're sitting in the beginnings of it right now. Right now. I cannot wait to see what happens uh, with the new building. Man, it's going to be. If, 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 your, if your team at Ocean Church can make tents look like this, 
Imagine what they're going to do with the building. It's, it's, it's going to be incredible. And uh, I, do, I do love the tents, and you can feel the presence of God. And uh, the worship band is so incredible. You guys, the sound coming from this church. Um, I got to hear a sneak peek of uh, some of your recording. And uh, I'm just telling you. These songs and the sound, it, it literally, it carries something with it. It's not like something you just listen to. You're moved as you listen to these sounds. And um, I, I really believe it's a sound that's going to go around the world, that believers, non-believers, people are going to be influenced all across the world uh, because of your obedience. Uh, I'm, I'm from a little city uh, in Washington State called Centralia. And so uh, if anybody's from Washington State, you might know right on the I-5, I always say Seattle because nobody knows where Centralia is. And uh, I moved to Texas 13 years ago. My wife and I have got a beautiful wife, Jamie, and uh, she's actually teaching at a Bible school in Kona, Hawaii right now. And um, so I'm preaching Orange County. She's teaching in Kona. I feel like we're being called to the beach. I don't, I don't know. And she is incredible, and, and we started pastoring 13 years ago. We started lead pastoring eight years ago uh, in Texas. And uh, the, the, the crazy thing in Texas is people coming from the Northwest, they said, man, it's wild. You have, a, you have a Southern accent. It's like the only accent that you don't really want. It's, uh, and, but they didn't say it, like, admirably. They didn't say, like, wow, you have a Southern accent. They're like, oh, you have a Southern accent. Like, it's like you caught a cold or something. And uh, well, I'm like, I do live in Texas now. And uh, I'm officially a Texan. I bought a truck. And uh, so that kind of does it. And uh, I made sure it was a big truck because I'm under six foot. And um, my former pastor told me that the only people that he's ever seen get out of big trucks is short men. So I guess I just kept the trend going. And uh, but uh, I'm originally from the Northwest. My dad was a pastor there. Now we're pastoring Church 1132 uh, right outside of Dallas. And uh, God has done so many amazing things through our church. Um, the Lord told us in 2020 to buy a building uh, in one of the roughest, most violent areas of Dallas called Oak Cliff. And uh, January of 2020, we bought the building because we knew 2020 was going to be the best year of our lives. March 2020, the pandemic hit, and um, the need in the neighborhood absolutely uh, was, was so accentuated by what happened. We started a grocery drive through in the neighborhood, started feeding thousands of people. Uh, we saw in the first couple months over 100 people come to Jesus in the drive through line. It's incredible. And uh, some of your Oceans College came and served at the Dream Center. We love Oceans College. And um, our, our team, our college loved Ocean's College, and uh, I think we had some people that were single and ready to mingle, and uh, so they're like, man, we like Ocean's Church, we like Orange County. I'm like, you guys stay away, okay, stay, stay away. And, uh, but we're so blessed, and um, you can follow all of our, our church uh, stuff online. My messages uh, are on there. Uh, just started a podcast this year. I felt like the Lord started telling me to equip leaders, and um, so I, I just kind of rant uh, for about 20, 25 minutes about leadership principles, because I believe in this next wave of what God's going to do, we have to have high-level leaders. And uh, so I, I start a podcast called Win Every Time, and it's not because you never lose, but in the kingdom of God, he'll teach you how to take what seems like losses and turn them into wins. 
I, I've learned more from the things that I've lost in life than I have the things that I've won. And God's used those things. I just, this is my mindset. If you learned from something that you lost in, you didn't really lose. Because you're better equipped for the next season to do what God's called you to do. I, I, I want to I jump into this message, but I was praying this week, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And um, you guys, your name is awesome, Oceans Church. We love Oceans Church and all your stuff about water and waves and, and all of this. And, and I, I started thinking about this. I said, what, what actually makes a wave? And uh, I was actually thinking, uh, I was actually sitting at the beach, and I'm thinking, like, what makes a wave? I'm watching the waves come in. And um, I, I am a very educated man, and uh, so I looked on Google, and um, I literally said, what makes a wave? And the first thing that popped up, it said that when the wind blows over a mass of water, it creates a disruption, which is, results in waves. And I felt the Holy Spirit say that there is a wave, a wind of the Holy Spirit that's blowing over the mass California, and there are waves that are coming. I believe this. Waves of awakening, waves of revival, waves of renewal. I believe it's coming to your family, to your businesses, things you thought you lost. I believe the wind of the Holy Spirit. You've been in a series on building. I'm going to tell you this. We can't build without power. Pastor Mark preached on this. We cannot build without power. That power comes from the Holy Spirit. The Bible represents the Holy Spirit as wind. And the wind, as it blows over the mass of your life and your heart, creates waves. There is, there is no stagnant water where the Holy Spirit is present. And I'm going to tell you, there's been some disruption in Orange County because of your faith. And we believe that it's just the beginning of what God wants to do. I want you to go in your Bibles to the Old Testament. The Old Testament, Exodus chapter 23. How many love the Word of God? Come on, Exodus chapter 23 Verse 28, Old Testament's wild. I don't know if you ever read the Old Testament, but there's some wild stories in there. It'll, it'll keep you up at night, man, reading some of those. Exodus chapter 23, verse 28 says, I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive the Hivites, Canaanites, Hittites. My dad's old preacher, Assembly of God preacher. He used to say the mosquito bites and the parasites. It's a cheesy church joke. But I will not drive them out. Listen to this. I will not drive them out. I don't like it when God says will not. He says, I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you. Isn't that how you guys wanted to just like live your life and live with God by faith, little by little? That sounds just exciting, like everything you've ever been taught. Man, I'm going to follow God and little... Little by little, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. I will establish your borders from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and from the desert to the Euphrates River. I will give into your hands the people who live in the land and you, who? You will drive them out before you. Exodus is, a, is an interesting book because it covers the life of Moses. Moses, we know as the deliverer to the people of Israel. The Israelites were in captivity for over 400 years to Egypt. Moses is called by God as a deliverer. He comes. This is where, if you watch the old movies, Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, you saw all the plagues. And, uh, and the people of Israel were delivered 
out of Egypt into the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And the book of Exodus covers their journey and it covers the life of Moses. If you look at the life of Moses, you will learn leadership principles. There are all kinds of different leadership principles that come out of his life. I love leadership. I'm a, stu- I'm a studier of leadership. I like, to, I like to think how, I want to see how leaders think. I want to read what leaders read. I want to know how people lead. Moses was a leader. And he led the people out of Egypt and into and to the promised land. And, and this book of Exodus gives us all kinds of insights. Moses did a lot of things ra- wrong, but he also did some really big things right. One is he met with God regularly. So you can see this is that when Moses went up to the mountain, it says God would come down. He had a meeting place with God. He heard the voice of God. He heard God's voice. He obeyed God's voice. And he lived by faith. I'm going to tell you this. If you're going to be a godly leader in 2022, you're going to need to take those three things to make sure that your leadership just isn't natural, but it's supernatural. Supernatural leadership comes as a result of hearing God's voice, obeying God's voice, and living in a place of faith. So in this story, we see Moses now going forward and, and obeying the Lord. And, he, and the Lord says he's going to send, the, the, he's gonna send uh, the, the, the hornet ahead of them to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites. And he will drive them. He says, I will not drive them out in a single year. So he's beginning to describe a process. Now, I want to, from the get-go, talk about this, because I think this is an interesting mindset to have as we look at the rest of the message. We need to know when God gives us something, how does he give? This is important, because I like to think about how when I give my son something, I give it to him, and they have it. But God's different. And honestly, it's a little frustrating at times. Because when God gives you something, it's like this. I'm going to give you this. It's just over there. Go get it. I'm kind of like, can you just put it in my hands? You're like God. You know, it's like, I thought you were all powerful. Like, if you could just give it to me in my possession, that'd be great. But I'm going to tell you this. There is always a process from God's promise to the possession of it. There is always a journey, and it just happened to be for the Israelites that their journey was in the wilderness Come on, how many of you ever faced a wilderness season before? God brings you out of something. He's bringing you to something else, but you're in the midst of the process. I believe there's probably many people right now, you're in the wilderness season in between promise and possession. God made a promise to his people that he was going to give them the promised land. And then he said, now go get it. That's not a gift to me. That, that sounds like a risk. He says, guys, I'm going to give you, I got this incredible place. It's awesome. It's amazing. I'm giving it to you. Where is it, God? It's out there and there's enemies out there. You could die, but you're welcome. (laughs) Thanks, God. We'll just take another 40 years in the wilderness. But friends, this is the journey that each of us will walk through in our own spiritual journeys and life. If you don't understand process, you will get angry at God. People that get mad at God don't understand the process of God because they've sat in church for 27 years waiting for God to give them something and they're mad at God that he didn't do it and he said, I gave it to you and I also told you where to find it. In fact, James says, if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. If you draw near to God, God will, who steps first? 
God made the first step in when he sent his son Jesus to die on a cruel cross for me and for you. He took the sin of all mankind, past, present, and future, and he took it upon himself. And the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus, making access or a way for you and I to come into the presence of God at any time. That was God's step. Now our step, it's our turn for our step. The ball is in our court, and if you wait too long waiting for God to do something for you, you could miss what God is doing because God made a way, but he's waiting for you to take the step. It's how God gives. Verse 29, it's interesting because it says something, and, and I, I don't know if I can be totally honest with you. I mean, I think we're family, but I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I have, a, I have a difficult time sometimes with the Bible. I have a hard time with some of the things that it says. I believe it. I live it. But I'm going to tell you, it's hard to read sometimes. It's hard to read in verse 29 when it says, I'm going to take you to the promised land, but I will not. Listen to what it says. I will not drive them out in a single year. I won't. I'm not going to do it. Like, God, why? Why not? You're calling me here. Just do it. I will not. Just do it. I won't. I won't. Go take it. I will not drive them out in a single year. Whenever there is a will not in Scripture, there is also a why not in the heart of God. Whenever there is a will not from God, there is also a why not of God. Because God will never tell you no. For, with, God would never tell you no without a reason. You know the problem is? For most of us to live by faith, we have to accept God's no without knowing the why. That we have to trust that God's character is good. That he loves us and has a good plan for us. And so when God says to go take the lamb, we've got to trust him to take the lamb. But you can trust God that he would never give you a will not without a why not. God loves us so much that he's, he's gentle with us in what he gives us. If it was up to me, I would want everything that God has for me right now. I'm not a patient guy. I don't want anything slow. I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like anything slow. I don't like slow music. I don't like to talk slow. I don't like to eat slow. I like things fast. I like fast cars. I like fast music. I like fast movements. I, like, I don't even like to walk slow. I like to walk fast. I like to run. I like things fast. And it comes, it seems to me that in the journey of our spiritual life, everything happens slow. It always happens that God wants to give you breakthrough. When? God's going to heal your body today? Because I, I want it now. And it's interesting that in the scripture, this scripture, it says that God was moving slowly for their own good. I've got, I've got two boys, Jude and Genesis, and uh, they're seven and eight, and uh, I love them so much. It's like the funnest ages right now. They're, they're just like so awesome, and uh, they were here with me, and then they took off, and today my son was hugging me. He's like, Dad, I don't want to go without you, and I'm like, that's my boy right there. He loves his dad. My, Jamie, my wife, is like, we're going to have fun with mom. It's not the same as dad. I'm like, that's right. That's right. But I have a, I have a parenting problem. I... I'm always at the next stage of where they actually are. So I'm looking forward to all of these things that we're going to do together, and I jump the gun and get them too soon. 
So when my son turned three, my youngest son turned three, I was like, man, I got the best idea. So I went and I bought an electric scooter. Oh, man. Yes, yeah, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's just awesome. So I went home and I said, hey, Jamie, don't worry about the gifts. I got them. And uh, she goes, what did you get? I said, I got him an electric scooter. She goes, Dustin, he can barely walk. I'm like, yeah, but how fun would that be? Like us going out and scooting around? Like this is going to be amazing. She's like, he can't ride it. That's dangerous. Literally, when he got on the scooter, the handlebars were above his head. Too much too soon. Too much too soon. I'm like, man, you know, he might, he might be able to. He's a smart kid. I don't like it when on toys, like they put the ages of what, what kids can't, what age kids can use the toys, like Legos, like 12 and over. I'm like, well, maybe my eight-year-old son can build the Millennium Falcon. Like, why do you got to put him in a box? Maybe that was made for a dull 12-year-old. I've got a bright eight-year-old. You know, like, you don't know. You don't know him. You don't know what his IQ is. He might be good at it. I don't like that. But, but, but the age is for a reason because they don't want to give him too much too soon. I've got a problem, but I've got great news for you. God does not. And he will never give you too much too soon. The problem is, problem is that many of us want too much too soon but God loves you and knows you enough to make sure that you don't get too much too soon I I, want to just give you three principles to remember while you build you've been in this series on building let me just give you three principles that are key to remember while you build the first one is this God loves you enough to move you slow I can tell you that didn't go over well with me. God loves me enough to God loves me enough to speed me up. That's what I'm saying. It's like let's make a day like a thousand years. Let's move this thing along. God loves you enough to move you slow. Verse 29, we read it says, "But I will not drive them out in a single year, because the will not has a why not, because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you." So God moves us slow for our own good. That God knows what you need developed in every season of your life. And so he sees ahead of you. So he says, I got to take them through this season to make sure they have the strength that when they get there, they can survive it. Because did you know that in your wilderness season is the time that God builds your faith? In your crisis and in your chaos moments are the time that God actually develops your character. And for many of us, we want the results without the process, but the process is what strengthens you. I know you want to go from promise to possession, but the process is vital to your development because nothing could be worse than getting all the way to possession and not having the strength to maintain it. I... I may, be, I may be just getting older, but I used to like really fancy preaching and heavy revies, big revelations. I used to like people's head to spin when you're talking. More, more, than, more than often now, I just want to see somebody do the same thing for a long time. I think longevity 
is underrated. I think following Jesus for decades is underrated. Anybody can be flashy. Anybody can be famous for a day. Anybody can be the new great thing. But I'm talking about a a people of God, a movement that for decades continues to sow and continues to pray and continues to believe God for a revival, for an awakening, for a movement. It doesn't happen in a day. It happens when a people come together in faith. Come on, Ocean Church, in faith. This, this isn't going to happen in a day. God moves us. God loves us enough to move us slow. When we took over the church, we saw incredible growth, and, and God was just moving, and things were happening, and we were running out of space, and we had four services on Sunday morning, then we opened a campus, and then we had to open more services, and, and uh, do more dif- different times. I'm preaching five times on a weekend, and, and all these things happened. You know what people said? People said, wow, your church is an overnight success, and I started to think about the decades of prayer and fasting and staying up all night, seeking the face of God, begging God to use my life. The times that I studied the word, the hours before there was ever a church, me believing God that he would raise up a movement in, in this earth. All, all these times started going through my head. It's an insult for someone to say you're an overnight success. There's no overnight success. It's just the first time you've seen somebody. Do you know what they're saying about Ocean Church? They say Ocean Church is an overnight success. You know, over there in Orange County, they're all meeting in tents. It's an overnight success. People coming from everywhere, driving everywhere because of the president. It's, over, it's not an overnight success. This was a dream decades ago. When your pastor, Pastor Mark and I were just youth pastors, and he had a word from the Lord and a dream, and he saw California being shaken by the gospel, and we used to stay up late at night talking about the church that would be Ocean's Church. Decades, decades. God loves you enough to move you slow. God knows your path and what you can handle. He also knows your potential and what you can be. God knows your path and what you can handle. He's not going to give you too much. And he knows your potential and what you can be. Number two principle, second principle, God leads you in the way that you can win. See, how much God loves you. He's going to lead you in the way that you can win. It's hard to trust him though, isn't it? It says this in verse 30. It says, little by little. So discouraging. Little by little. I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. So God moved them little by little, not to punish them or not to prolong their journey, but to make sure they were prepared. He loved them so much that he moved them slowly and he led them in the way that, you can, that they could win. I remember starting out in, in youth ministry, and so we just had a couple kids, and, and so we started out, and we started to see a move of God and young people, and uh, I was about to take over and transition to lead pastor, take our church, and if someone would have grabbed me right then, if I would have had like an angelic visitation, and the Lord said, hey, tomorrow I can give you a church of a thousand on-fire radical believers, but that would be the cap, that would be it, that's like, that's as far as you can go. 
at that point, when we had 100 crazy people in a, in a, in a building with no AC in Texas, I'm like, I think I'll take 1,000 radical believers. But instead, we had to take that 100 radical, we those 100 crazy people and disciple them. And we had to have faith in every journey. And before you know it, we had 300 people that were radical and on fire. And before you know it, we had 500 people. And we were just so grateful that God was using us. And then at 700 people, we just started thanking God that we were even a part of what he was doing. And then we broke 1,000. And God continued to keep on moving and opening doors and, and giving us more influence in different areas. And we started seeing communities affected. And we hit 1500 and God began to and I realized if God would have given me what I wanted then I would have settled too low I want you to see this part of God's journey is if he gave you what you want now then you would settle too low because God has something bigger God has something better I, I, I remember when I graduated high school I used to think if I made 50 grand a year I'd be rolling I'm like, man, if I, if I can make 50K, I'm like, man, I, 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 just follow me, man, live with me. I'm going to have the biggest house. I'm going to have cars upon cars, 50, 50. Now, I mean, you can't rent an apartment in Orange County. But at that stage of my life, that looked massive. And if I would have settled then for that, I would have settled too low. But because God took me little by little, I was able to expand my world. See, some of you are mad at God at the pace, but God's enlarging your perspective and enlarging your capacity to make sure you don't settle too low. God's got big things for you. God's got a big plan for your life. It's not just to barely make it. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to make a difference. There's purpose on your life. God needs you on the earth right now now you're not just here sucking oxygen just because you were born you're here because God said I need you now you're not an accident you're not a oops you're not a mistake you're you're here by divine appointment God sees you loves you and knows you and sometimes he leads you little by little because he's leading you in the way that you can win god knows what we can endure so he gives us victory little by little so that we can handle it did you know trouble will train you if you let it trouble will train you if you let it pain will bring about a great harvest if you let it I've, I've learned more from the pain in my life than the blessing in my life. I've learned to recognize that wherever there is opposition against me, it's also an opportunity for God to do something in me. That whenever I feel resistance, whenever I feel some type of persecution or difficult times, instead of shaking my fist at God, I start to buckle up and say, God, how are you going to get me out of this? How are you going to come through this time? I don't understand why they're doing that or why they're going there, but I trust you. And I know that just because trouble's happening, you must be trying to do something in me. That's why James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you go through trials of many kinds. Consider it joy. Consider it joy when I'm going through troubles. He's, you know, it's interesting. He says, count it all joy. You know, it, it matters how you count. If you count troubles as God being bad, 
you'll consistently be angry at God. But if you count trouble the right way, you'll understand that this test and this trouble is just training me for the next big thing that God has for me. God's plan is good. And if your life isn't good yet, God's not done yet. If, you're, if your business isn't good yet, God's not done yet. If your marriage isn't good yet, God's not done yet. If your kids aren't good yet, God's not done yet. He's a good God. He does good things, and he doesn't do them halfway. God loves us enough to move us slow. He leads us in the way that we can win. And then this is the third one. God leaves the victory up to you. Now, this is where I want to close. This, this is the difficult part. Because as long as it's on God, it's all right. Just got to be patient. God's doing his thing. He's moving me slow. You know how God works. But when it comes to me, it's different. Now, this is what the scripture said in verse 31. The second part, it says, I will give into your hands the people who live in the land, and you will drive them out before you. You will drive them out. So that means there's going to be obstacles to my destiny, and it's up to me to remove them. Oh, God, please, please. No, no, you. You drive them out. See, when you first get saved and you see this with people, people first give their life to Jesus. God's doing all kinds of miracles in their life. You hear these testimonies. And then a lot of people hit a plateau. And the plateau is a, a, their growth being stunted because of the lack or the stopping of maturity. Maturity brings you into a place where now you realize that I can align with God's promises. So if God said I'm healed... I'm healed, so I'm going after my healing. I'm not going to settle for sickness because God said I would be healed. I'm not going to settle for depression because the Bible says the joy of the Lord will be my strength. I'm not going to settle for anxiety or stress because I have the Prince of Peace that lives in me and with me. When you step into maturity as a believer, everything the Bible says that you have, you now begin to go after. And I don't want you to be a people that settles for less than the big thing that God has for you. So anything that the Bible says you can have, you need to have a tenacity to go after and to get. It says you will drive them out. If I do what I can do, God will do what I cannot. The process of maturity is God driving out our enemies until we're strong enough to drive them out ourselves. God will fight for us until he strengthened us to fight for ourselves. Now, you, you never fight a battle apart from God, but you learn how to activate faith to begin to step into battles and begin to remove enemies or obstacles that get in your way. If I do what I can do, God will do what I cannot. It's interesting. We talked about how God gives and God leaves the victory up to the children of Israel. And in fact, Moses went to the edge of the promised land and he never went into the promised land because he disobeyed God. Can you imagine the promise going through your entire process and then not taking possession of it? It was because he didn't obey. You know, it's interesting if you look through the Gospels and you look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was always having people do stuff in order to get their healing. And it wasn't the stuff that they did that made him heal them. It was the faith that they exhibited to obey that released healing. Like I said, sometimes I have a problem with the Bible. Like, I always have a problem with this story. When, when, when Jesus told the blind man to come to him. 
You'll get that tomorrow. <laughs> He's blind. She says, come on over here. Marco. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says she's crawling through the crowd to take hold. Like, Jesus, could you maybe just saw her and stopped? How about this? The, the man that was blind that came to Jesus, Jesus spits in the dirt, makes mud, puts it on his eyes, and then this is the kicker. He sends him away. He goes, go wash in the, in the pool of Siloam. I'm just telling you, I have too much of an attitude for this. I'll be like, Jesus, I came to you blind. You put spit in my eyes. And now you're telling me to go to the pool. You go to the pool alone. Bring me back a bucket of water. Wash this stuff off my face. It's like, but he, he luckily had faith to obey. And staggered and felt his way all the way to the pool of Siloam. Because this, this is the wild thing. He obeyed God and didn't get his healing right away. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he walked blind. Oh, that's what faith is. See, that's why it's uncomfortable sometimes. Is you're in the middle of this journey between promise and possession. But it feels like you're walking blind. You're walking blind. Man, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if it's going to work. I got mud in my eyes. I can't see. And the Bible says he washed in the pool of Siloam and he came home seen. There is, there is a possession of the promise that happens after the process, but you have to trust God in it. You got to trust God in it. And it's not about 30 seconds or maybe 30 days. I'm talking about the people of God and the Bible sometimes for decades believes God. God, you said it. Even if I die never seeing the answer, you said it, I believe it. That's faith. Where did the faith go to, to 2022 Christians? Where is our faith gone? If God doesn't answer the way we want it in the time we want it, we're mad at God. We get on TikTok and we start staring about how God disappointed us. We have TikTok theology that has permeated the next generation and nobody's ever gone back to the Bible to understand that there's always been a process between promise and possession. And if I'm faithful in the process, I will receive the promise that God has given me. I will take possession of I want, to, I want to close with this thought and then I have a couple words that I want to give a couple of you I just feel, I, I sense the Holy Spirit just moving and speaking Joshua chapter 3 it, it continues the story of Moses so Moses brings the people of Israel out of Egypt and they bring them in the wilderness all the way to the promised land Joshua is the one that brings them into the promised land now between them and the promised land is the Jordan River. The Bible mentions this in the book of Joshua. It just happens to be at flood stage. Now think about this. It just happens to be the time that God wants you to cross the Jordan River is the time that it's flooding. Has anybody ever felt like this in your life? You can see the promise on the other side. The only problem is there's a flooding river between. I can see happiness in my marriage. It's just like there's a there's a big flooding river that's between me and... The, I, can, I can see my kids coming back to Jesus, but there's a, there's a huge... I can see forgiving my dad, but you, there's a flooding river that's... And this is what the Bible says. God speaks to Joshua, and he says, Tell the priests to step into the river. Now again, I have too much of an attitude. I'll be like, 
God, I'm going to come back in the summertime when the river's dried up. Because I'm not stepping in any flooded river. And you're God. Why didn't you put the promised land on this side? Why do I got to cross a flooded river to get to it? But it's how God always works. It's how it always requires faith. Faith unlocks God. Faith unlocks promises. Faith unlocks miracles. Faith unlocks provision. So Joshua tells the priest, he says, I want you to go stand in the go stand in the river and if you know the story the Bible says they went to step in the river and when they stepped down the water piled up on each side and the Bible says the entire nation walked through on dry ground now this is wild it took somebody to step into it to release the miracle it took somebody to step into it to release the miracle I'm going to tell you this, if you want to unleash the miracle working power of God, if you want to build supernaturally, you've got to look at whatever river is flooded in front of you and you've got to step into it. You've got to step into the sickness, step into the depression, step into the fear, step into the obstacles, step into the resistance, step into it. Because when you step into it, it unleashes the power of God. I'm telling you, God may take us little by little, but God's not going to let us go. God's not going to abandon us. God's not going to fail us. God is faithful and he will be faithful. That's the God we serve. This is what I want to do as we close. The band's going to play. I want us to take about two minutes and just step into it. It might be forgiveness. You might need to step into something that you've never stepped into. You said, man, I don't even want to, I don't want to think about that. I want to challenge you to step into it in faith. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. Maybe you've been hurt by a church leader or a church pastor. I want you to know that just because a Christian hurt you doesn't mean Christ hurt you. And don't let a bad Christian keep you from a good Christ. I want to challenge somebody today to just step in faith. Somebody's believing for exponential increase in your business. You can wait all you want, but you're going to have to step into it. Some of you have been waiting for your mom and dad to get saved. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to step into it it's the faith to step into it hey god when are you going to work when are you going to do it when are you going to move no he's waiting on us to step into it and it might happen little by little but the bible says this do not grow weary in doing good for in due season you will reap a harvest come on let's worship just for a moment let's just step into it together there's no one like there's no one like let's just declare that truth hey no one like you, there's 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 no one like you. Who is like the Lord? Who is like the Lord? Who is like the Lord?
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, would you just focus on the Lord just for a second? Just bow your heads, close your eyes. I just sense the Holy Spirit just speaking a couple of things before we leave the tents today. I just want to make sure that I'm obedient to what God's speaking to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and to move. Lord, from the front to the back, to the right to the left, Holy Spirit, we sweep across this place. I just sense the Holy Spirit just bringing back dreams that maybe you've lost, like vision. I saw somebody just even at a summer camp, like when you were young, and God gave you a vision of ministry, and you just put it on the back burner. I saw the Lord just bringing it back. You felt like, man, when is this going to happen? I missed it. It's too late. And I just hear the Holy Spirit just gently and lovingly say, just step into it. Just step into it. I felt like there's somebody here that you have a craving, a desire to go deeper in your spiritual journey, but you've just been at a distance from the Lord. And there's been just some kind of fear of just totally letting go or totally surrendering. And I just hear the Holy Spirit just just gently and lovingly saying, will you step into it? Just step into it. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Just step into it. Step into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. You're welcome here. These are your tents. These are your people. We welcome you here, Jesus. We welcome you here, Jesus. There's a young lady. You're like four rows back on the right. You got black. Yeah, you just looked up. I, I, I hear the Lord just speaking to me about you. Can I pray for you? Is that all right? Just right where you are is fine. I just hear the Holy Spirit saying he's about to bring closure to something that's just been open-ended for a long time. And I saw it like a very painful place for you, like a place of wounding, but I saw the Holy Spirit working on your behalf. And I just felt like the Lord wanted me to remind you that even when it seems like God is not working, that he's working in your midst. So I really believe this. I believe that that thing, whatever it is, God's bringing closure and restoration in, in the name of Jesus. Lord, so I pray you touch this woman of God now. Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, I pray that she would never be the same again. Lord, fill her with your presence in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My brother, you were on the testimony video. Yeah, you got that? Yeah, man. Just right behind you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Right now, you. Yeah, yeah. The testimony man. Yeah, with the beanie. Man, I... I uh, I heard the Lord say when, when you were on the video, I just felt like this compassion towards you. And I just felt like God in these ne this next season was about to amaze you. And I can tell you're already amazed by the goodness of God and the community that you're in. But I felt like the Lord was saying that in your journey, He's about to lift your eyes because you were seeing this as good and God's seeing this as good. God's about to expand your horizons. He's better than you think that He is. He's more powerful than you think that He is. And He has a bigger plan for your life than you think that He does. Lord, thank you for this man of God. Lord, touch him in the name of Jesus. Touch him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I, I don't know who this is for. I feel this so strongly. Let me just say this. The Bible says this in John chapter 10, that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. They hear the voice of the shepherd. It doesn't say the pastors. 
Sister Sheet, that means we all can hear the voice of God. So we believe at Ocean Church that we can hear the voice of God. So what I'm hearing is not anything different than what you're hearing. I'm just doing my best to step into it. Does that make sense? So I just sense compassion or empathy, and I just step into it and just trust God to just speak. So I don't know these things. I'm just trusting God with it. And, and I feel this real pull of compassion. It's how God speaks to me sometimes. I just feel compassion for something, for people called to ministry, or you, you are in ministry. And I felt like there was some specific like parachurch organizations that God is about to bring some massive multiplication. And I saw God linking you with local churches. And I don't know if it's even this church or other churches, but God linking you with local churches because every parachurch needs to be linked in a local church. And I saw God bridging the gap and compounding, compounding your impact. Look, so I just pray for those that are in ministry Lord, those are called to ministry. I pray that you would plant them in houses of worship, that you would plant them in local churches where they could grow, where they could expand, and where they could multiply. Lord, all across Southern California, Lord, let ministries begin to spring up. Lord, let it be normal, Lord, to be a Bible-believing Christian. Let it begin to be normal, Lord, to take radical steps of faith. Let it begin to be normal, Lord, to obey and to listen to your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We're almost done. I'm going to turn over to Pastor Joel. I just want to be obedient to the Lord. I sense God's presence so close. Some people say, that's weird when you say you sense God's presence. You know what's weird? Is to go to a church where you can't. We worship and sing these songs and preach these messages to a God we can't? No, He's a God that can't. Your presence is here because you're here. My presence is here because I'm here. But God's presence is here because he's here there's a young man you got a hat on you're way over here you buy the tv you just yeah you just looked up bro god's got his hand on you i'm telling you you're about to step into the greatest season of freedom and blessing that you've ever had i saw god and i don't know if you ever hang out at the beach i mean you live here but i don't know if you live here i hope i saw you on the beach made an assumption i saw you on the beach and i saw you laughing and no one was with you. And I heard the Lord say that he is about to put a laugh back into your heart. That you, it's not fabricated, it's not fake, it's not conjured up, it's authentic and real. I'm telling you, God's gonna use you mightily and your influence to reach other people. But before he uses you, he's gonna heal you. And I believe there's some healing taking place even this morning. It's not by chance that you're here, bro. God's got his hand on you. He's doing something fresh in you. Lord, I pray you touch this man of God in the name of Jesus. Lord, restore his laugh. Lord, I pray that picture that I saw would even happen soon. Lord, he's sitting on a beach. He just begins to laugh. Lord, because of the goodness of God in his life, Lord, I pray you'd use him powerfully in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Man, if I was in Orange County, I'd go to this church. This is fun. This is fun. We're about done. We got to get you out of here. I'm hungry. I bet you're hungry. But man, I I just I just sense God doing something. You're, young lady, you got a you got a black jacket on. You're right there. Yeah, right there. Wave at me so I know. Yeah, it's you. I just I hear the Lord saying that there is a sweet season of safety that God's about to bring you into. And I saw like you have been heightened 
and because of just a lot of situations, maybe external situations, but it was like you, you've been running on adrenaline some, in some areas emotionally just to keep your life in order and keep your, your I, I just sense your high achieving functioning, you, but there's this sense of I've got to keep things right. I've got to keep things safe. And I heard the Lord say, he is your refuge and your strength. And I believe in this next season that you are going to experience the safety of God. That he is going to surround you in ways that you've never felt him before. That you are going to walk in and experience the protection of your heavenly father. It's like he's getting protective over your heart. It's people have tried to break in, maybe even take advantage of your kindness or of what you do. But I heard the Lord say that he is going to begin to be your defender. That he is saying enough is enough. I am protecting my daughter. I'm protecting this woman of God. Look, so thank you for a season of safety and protection that's coming on her in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to hand it to Pastor Joel. Let me just prophesy over your church for a moment. Lord, we prophesy to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west. Lord, we speak to the wave that is coming as a result of your Holy Spirit. We say, come Spirit of God, blow upon the waters of Southern California. We say, blow wind of God and resurrect everything that has died. We say, blow wind of God and let revival and salvation spring up from the ground. We declare a great move of the Spirit of God coming and is here even now in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, give God some worship across this place. your eyes for a moment and we never want to exit an environment like this without giving people an opportunity to get right with Jesus and I believe there's many people here this morning here in the tents there's many people even sitting inside in our overflow room watching online that this is your moment that you feel like man I want it like Pastor Dustin was talking about I want to step into when he was quoting the scripture it says draw near to me and I will draw near to you today is your moment where you say you know what Jesus today I'm going to draw near to you. 
whether you believe believe in him or not, whether you are close to him right now or far away, maybe your story's like mine. I grew up in a church environment and then I walked away from Jesus and I had to make a decision for myself that this is no longer mom and dad's choice. This is no longer my parents' religion, but I wanted my own relationship with Jesus. So if that's you all over the tents with your eyes closed and even those watching online, you would say, man, today is a day that I wanna make my own a true decision to live for Jesus. Whether you're far from him and you don't know him or whether today's the day to come back to him, I would ask all over the tents to lift your hand on the count of three. I'm not gonna call you out or embarrass you. Why, why am I having you lift your hands? Because I just wanna know who I'm praying for. Friends, it is my honor to introduce you to my best friend. So all over the room with your eyes closed, you say, man, that's me. Today's the day I'm gonna step into it. No longer am I gonna step into it alone, but I'm gonna do it side by side with Jesus right here next to me. Come on, one, we believe this is why you're here this morning. Two, say, that's me, that's me. Go ahead and lift your hands right now. Three, I wanna give my life to Jesus. Come on, I see one, I see two over there in the corner. Come on, anyone else? Three, four, thank you, sir, five. Amazing. That's amazing. Oh, sisters, you give a big hand clap. Six, thank you very much. That's incredible. Hey, if you're watching online right now, we want to invite you to join us. Go ahead and write in the chat, heart, H-E-A-R-T, or put the heart emoji. We have people in our chat rooms online that want to pray with you and help lead you into this prayer. But for the six people here in the tent, many more watching online, and even those sitting inside in our overflow room, could we pray this prayer together? Oh, sisters, place your hand on your heart. Man, this is a special moment. This is a moment you will talk about for the rest of your life. Come on, can you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, today I'm drawing close to you. And I am asking that you would draw close to me. I want to partner with you as I step into the promise. And from this day forward, I want to live with you by my side. I love you, Jesus. Come on, and everybody said a big amen. Amen. One more time, give a big hand clap for Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.